Do you feel like you're the only young person who cares about your Catholic faith? Do you look around at mass and only see silver foxes? We're Jake and Kathy, a young adult married couple, and we're here to tell you, you're not alone. That's why it's time to get Truth Pops. You're going to get a podcast designed specifically for you, a young adult Catholic in a pop culture world. The countdown is on for Truth Pop. We'll connect Christ into culture. Family Broadcasting Corporation. In association with the Studio DNA Podcast Network, presents Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. Here's your host, Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here! And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer, this one will be relived, Chuck Freebie. Forever! And welcome to the first episode of 2020, episode 177. The Virgil Trucks episode. Virgil Trucks. Now, I gave the nod to Virgil Trucks. I thought about going with John Candelaria, the Candyman, as he was known, former Pittsburgh Pirate. I couldn't bring myself to go with the John Candelaria episode because he may be the ugliest baseball player I've ever seen. <laughs> Thank you, Internet. Oh, wow. Yeah. He looks like the guitarist for Suicidal Tendencies. It, well, if you had My. a face like that, you might have some. Wow. Uh, so instead, we went with Virgil Trucks. <laughs> Virgil Trucks won 177 games, pitched for the Tigers, won a World Series game. Coming right after coming back from World War II mm. and serving in the Navy. Okay. And won a World Series game for the Detroit Tigers in 45. Had a lot of good years with the Tigers. Won 20 games with the White Sox in, I believe, 53. And won 177 career games. So we're going with Virgil Trucks over... Ew. What was John, his name again? John Candelaria. And for those of you who need to see the visual for yourself, Google John Candelaria. The Candyman, which he should be the poster boy for who you do not take candy from. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's you know what? That's what it looks like. He kind of looks like a pirate, like literally a pirate. Maybe. (laughs) Or somebody that you'd encounter in prison. Yeah. Pirates. Yeah. Nevertheless, so much has happened since we last spoke on the sports yak. So much. There has been. And you can either weed through that or you just pick up like from yesterday. What whatever you want to do. Let's do let's do that and I'll have some questions along the way. That's fine. But I think we should start with the NFL. Wow. What a wild card weekend. I thought three first of all, all four games settled by one score or less. Two of them went overtime. I thought I thought three of the games were absolutely terrific. Uh I don't know how you improve on the Buffalo Houston game. I was I was running sound for some friends of mine that are in a band. The nineteen eighty five. Nineteen eighty five. I remember looking up at the TV and there was maybe a minute forty four left. And then uh sound check happened and then they went and changed their clothes into their outfits and they started and I looked up at the TV and it was still going. Yeah. Because they went into overtime. Insane. And Deshaun Watson puts Houston on his back, literally, and 
brings the Texans back from a 16-point deficit in late in the third quarter <laughs> to come back and win that game in overtime. And so Houston knocks out Buffalo, and the Texans will move on to play Kansas City next weekend in the AFC playoffs. The reason they're going to play Kansas City is because Tennessee has slain the dragon. Wow. Tennessee goes into Foxborough and beats Tom Brady and the Patriots. Now, it's not as big a shocker as it might have been because Miami did the same thing in the last week of the regular season. So clearly this was a flawed Patriots team. And the question now is, is that it for the Patriots empire? Is Has Tom Brady played his final game in New England? And now Brady certainly indicated in his post-game press conference that he wants, he feels like there's something still in the tank. He wants to keep playing. In New England? That's the question. Okay. Do the Patriots still want him? Does he want to stay in New England? Does he want to end his career somewhere else? Uh, And there would be plenty of suitors out there because... Let's face it, there are some NFL teams that have problems selling tickets. And he would help sell some tickets. So, But he would probably also want to win on his way out. So it's a very tight rope walk to pick your next team, exactly. right? Exactly. If, if you were a gambling man, give me three teams where he could do well and they could win and... It it could be a good fit. Three teams. The Los Angeles Chargers are moving into a new stadium next year, and they have some pieces there. Would Tom Brady, at his advanced age, be better than Phillip Rivers right now at his advanced age? That's a question the Chargers would have to ask themselves. But I think Tom Brady would be a fit with the L.A. Chargers. Los Angeles, acting world, modeling world. Yes. That kind of world. That sounds about new stadium, new stadium smell, ticket sales. Yes. Okay. All of that, all of that would be going for the Chargers. The Indianapolis Colts. Wow, interesting. Have need of a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Whether all the animosity over the years towards Tom Brady and the Patriots could be overcome by the Indianapolis fandom, but... There's a place right there. Okay. I'll throw out the third. I don't think it's going to happen, but I'll throw out the third. And I think you know where I'm going. The Chicago Bears have need of a quarterback. Mm. Now, the Bears management has said that Mitch Trubisky is their starter going into next year. However, when you have one of the best up on the block and a possible hire, wow, Tom Brady is a bear. Those were the Saturday games. Follow-up question. Go ahead. Your thoughts, your opinion on the NFL overtime rules. I don't like it. Here's here's the best analogy that I saw. The NFL overtime rules would be like if you had a sudden death playoff in golf and you said, okay, the first golfer gets to play the hole all the way through. And if he gets a birdie, then he wins the tournament and there's nothing the other golfer can do. I, I don't know why. Now, granted, I can... I've heard Tony Dungy say this before. Look, 
get a stop. Get a stop, and then you don't have to worry about the way the rules are. Yeah. If you get a stop and make them kick a field goal, then you don't have to worry. But yesterday, New Orleans could not get a stop. So the quarterback who has thrown the most touchdowns in NFL history never got to touch the ball during overtime Mm. because Minnesota drove down the field. Kirk Cousins shed the monkey off of his back. The rap on Kirk Cousins was he could not win a big game. And he goes into New Orleans in a very loud and hostile atmosphere and beats a very good Saints team 26-20 yesterday. Now, the Vikings had the lead for most of the game. Saints came roaring back. Breeze had a key fumble in the fourth quarter that squelched one drive. And then there's questions about the clock management of Sean Payton on the last drive that may have kept the Saints from scoring the game-winning touchdown in regulation. They go into overtime, and Cousins throws an amazing ball to Adam Thielen to get him down to the two. They try a couple of running plays, and then Kyle Rudolph... Did he push off with that arm extension to hold off the defensive back, or is that legal within the the realm of the game? Well, the league has said that it is legal what he did, and he got open in the former Irish tight end, married to a former Jimtown tennis player, uh, comes up with the game-winning touchdown catch, and the Vikings move on to face San Francisco next weekend. Your biggest surprise of the weekend, Chuck? I would say it was Minnesota going into New Orleans. That one? Yeah. Okay. That was the one that stunned me because New Orleans had looked so good down the stretch with Breeze at quarterback, and Minnesota really seemed to struggle. And the Vikings are still alive, and now Seattle uh, goes into Philadelphia. They knock Carson Wentz out of the game. There's some controversy there as to whether Jadavian Clowney's hit on Wentz was a dirty play. Uh, Wentz winds up suffering a concussion. 40-year-old Josh McCown comes in. Had never taken a snap in a playoff game in his NFL career. And goes 18 of 24 for about a buck 65. I mean, I thought Josh McCown played a very representative game. But Seattle's defense was just too good, and the Seahawks won it by a count of 17-9. to And so Seattle will play Green Bay next weekend in the NFL playoffs. Josh has been around the league a long time. Former backup for the Bears. He, he's been a backup pretty much everywhere he's been. Mm-hmm. And he's had himself a nice career. And it was interesting. He, he kind of got a little emotional when he talked about it last night after the game, talking about finally getting a chance to to play in a postseason game meant a lot to him. And again, you know, probably with a sour taste, uh, but but thankful. Um, yeah, thankful. Uh, just, you know, um, my wife and my family have moved around a lot and been, been a lot and been there for me. And so, um, and mom and dad, and, and uh, so to go out there and get to play in a playoff game was special. And uh, and I can't thank them enough for their support. And uh, it was it was just a it's a heck of a ride. I left it all out there. I know that much. Um, this uh, it's different playing at forty. Um, so your body talks to you a lot. And uh, and um, you know uh, I think um, 
I think more than anything, it was that was. I think I'll reflect on that later. But it was fun to be out there for sure. Bears guard Kyle Long announces he's done. His body had really taken a beating over his seven years in the NFL. Seven years is um, above the standard mm-hmm. for an NFL player. Most guys only last five in the league. So seven is is a good run. It wasn't as long as his dad, Howie, but that's okay. He's got to take care of his body. His body just wasn't able to go anymore. For years, uh, Kyle Long was the best lineman on the Bears team. You saw as he deteriorated this year, so too did the Bears line, which led to the dismissal of Harry Heastand as the Bears' offensive line coach. And the Bears also went out yesterday and hired Luis Castillo as their new line coach. Castillo's been with, I think, three different NFL teams. Uh, Most notably, the Ravens had some success there. So we'll see if he's able to rebuild the, the Bears' offensive line. But I really don't think the problems of the Bears' offensive line had to do with coaching. I think it has to do with the talent or lack thereof that they have on that offensive line. Before we push the football to the side, uh, have you heard any word on what's happening with Notre Dame's offensive line? Well, their offensive coordinator position is still up for grabs. Yes. And this is the question is, will they promote from within and have it be Tom Reese? Or will they go outside and bring in somebody? Maybe even bring back a guy like Mike Denbrock, who was at one time an offensive assistant under Brian Kelly and has had some success at Cincinnati, will they bring him back to be the offensive coordinator, or will they step outside completely and bring somebody in? Uh, The Notre Dame coaching staff has had some turnover. Todd Light has stepped down as a cornerbacks coach. He wants to spend more time with his family, and after as successful an NFL career as Todd Light has, he has the money to step aside and do stuff with his family. So, uh, Brian Kelly's got a couple of hires to make, and it'll be interesting to see how that goes. The process of Notre Dame, going through human resources, is a bit slower than it is at some other places. Now, another name that has come up as a possible contender for the offensive coordinator job is Joe Moorhead. Joe Moorhead was the head coach at Mississippi State and was recently fired, and we'll see if he enters into the fray at all as he's a fairly successful offensive line. College basketball. Well, not a good day for the Fighting Irish women, not a good year for the Fighting Irish women, but boy, a microcosm of it yesterday. They had a nine-point lead at Syracuse with 6-10 remaining and saw it all go away. Uh, The Irish did themselves no favors at the foul line. Uh, Marta Snezek turned into a turnover machine in the fourth quarter, unfortunately. Syracuse hits a key three-pointer with seven seconds left. The Irish got a couple of looks at the basket down the stretch but didn't get a foul call. Game went into overtime, and once it went into overtime, Syracuse just hit another gear and wound up winning by 11, 74-63. So Muffet's team is now 6-9 and nine on the year. Boy, when was the last time we saw that? It's been a while. And they're 1-2 and two in the ACC and they're just really struggling to establish any kind of identity right now. Uh, while we were on break, was it announced that um, the young lady is going to take the rest of the season off? Abby Prohaska, who has missed the uh, first part of the season with blood clots in her lungs, 
uh, will take the entire season off. It'll be a redshirt year for her, and she will come back next year. And I think that's the smart. Why in the world would you bring her back now? Because I, I think realistically the thoughts of this team making the NCAA tournament are slim and none. And Slim probably left town on a day like yesterday. Mm-hmm. So you might as well just rest her for the whole year, bring her back next year. You bring in a, a new freshman class. Uh, the freshmen you have, Brunel and Peoples and players like that, get some experience. And you try to make a serious run at the tournament next year. On the men's side, IU and Purdue basketball can be heard on 103.1 locally here in South Bend. Purdue flat out stunk last night. Wow. Awful. In a 61-37 loss to Illinois at the, the State Farm Center in Champaign. I don't, 37 points. I don't know how you score that little in the shot clock era. Uh, but Purdue couldn't hit the broadside of a barn last night, and now they have to go on the road to Michigan on Thursday night. Uh, so Matt Painter's got some, he's got some explaining to do, and he's got some thinking to do as to how he's going to put together this team to eventually they've got to be able to win a Big Ten road game if they want to make the tournament. And boy, they sure didn't look like they're capable of it last night. On the other hand, Michigan Civil War, a very entertaining game. Cassius Winston with 32 points. Spartans pull away from Michigan and win 87-69. Look, I think Jawan Howard's doing a nice job up at Michigan. But you stand him next to Tom Izzo in terms of coaching a team. And I I think Michigan's at a severe disadvantage going into that game. Uh, And then you, you put a player like Cassius Winston out there on the floor for the Spartans and have him healthy and in a good mindset, and that's trouble for the maize and blue, and it was last night. And Michigan will bounce back, I'm sure, against Purdue on Thursday. Meanwhile, Michigan State, I think, is one of the top three teams in the country. I I think even with all this tumult that we've seen at the top of the AP poll this year with Mm -hmm. turnover round number one, and Gonzaga is still number one, I think Round up the usual suspects like Claude Rains and Casablanca. Duke, Kansas, Michigan State, those are your elites in college basketball this year. If you follow Chuck on Twitter, where are you at again? 46 Sports. Thumb back a day or two, and Chuck tweeted out a uh, fascinating story about the Michigan State basketball team with a Japanese fan. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Um, let me Let me call that up on the old Twitter feed here and see if I can find it. But there was a a student, he's studying, I believe, at Loyola in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And he's a he's a big basketball fan, and he's a big fan of Tom Izzo. Wants to learn the game. So he decided he was going to go up and somehow meet Tom Izzo, and he was standing outside the Breslin Center. He had sent emails previous to going to... With no answers. Yeah, with no, no answers. So he just went and started uh, hanging out at the front door. So he's hanging out outside, and he's hanging out for hours. And apparently this assistant coach sees him and lets Izzo know, this this guy wants to see you. And he says, bring him in. And Tom Izzo gave him unfettered access yes. to the team. Now, the guy's English, it's good enough. To get by, let's put it this way. 
I'm sure his English is a heck of a lot better than my Japanese, mm-hmm. okay? And uh, he comes in, and he's watching practice and gets to ask questions, and... He gets to watch game film. Get, he sat and watched game film with the coaching staff two days in a row and with the team and sat in on the pregame meetings and then uh, sat right behind the bench for the game. Uh, kudos to Tom Izzo for taking care of this guy. Uh, his name is Masato Nakamura. You know, just a just a great story about how Tom Izzo, you know, allowed this guy to hang around. That'll be an experience that that guy will never, ever forget. More than any, you know, he bought one of the cheap seats way up in the arena, and they, you know, obviously moved him down behind the team. But just the interaction with Coach Izzo, one of the best, he'll never forget that. No. Never forget that. And uh, they asked Nakamura, he said, well, so what did he learn in his two days around Izzo? And he said it really has little to do with strategy. He's strict, but the players trust him, and the relationship that a coach has with his players is so important. I think I remember you saying that to me at the beginning of this podcast a couple years back. Probably so. Speaking of basketball, how about the NBA? Lakers get a triple-double out of LeBron. There's a shocker, right? And Anthony Davis scored 24 points last night. And the Lakers continue to be the uh, the best in the West as they beat the Pistons last night, 106-99. to 99. <sighs> If you were looking at the NBA right now and said, well, who are the two best teams in it? I would say uh, you would have to make the argument that it's the Lakers and the Milwaukee Bucks. But that doesn't necessarily mean that those are the two teams that are going to meet in the NBA Finals because there's plenty of other talent out there in the league. Uh, promoting another podcast, the Charles Barkley-Conan O'Brien conversation right now is really funny, especially if you're an NBA fan. They do talk a lot of basketball, and he just he t- talks about Los Angeles and the West Coast being where basketball is at. I mean, you brought that up a year and a half ago. Lakers and the Clippers are the two marquee teams in the league right now. He was saying, like, he has friends in Cleveland and Miami, like, oh, it's great seeing you. I hope to see you again. Probably not because your team sucks. Well, it, Cleveland does. Miami's a pretty good team. I mean, Eric Spolstra, I think, has won nine of the last ten there, and they lead the Southeast Division by, well, a good amount over Orlando. There's nobody really even close to Miami in that division. Brad Stevens has a good team at Boston. They're twenty-five and eight, but Milwaukee, my goodness, they're thirty-two and five. the The big question mark about the Pacers is what are they going to be like when Victor Oladipo finally comes back? Which you would think sometime soon, sometime around the second half of the season, he'll be back with the Pacers coming back from an injury. That will help them. Uh, but you look out west. Lakers have a three and a half game lead over the Clippers. Uh, but Denver, Houston, both sitting there 24-11. and 11. Uh, Dallas with this kid, Luka Doncic, who is just a phenomenal player. They'll, they'll be a contender. A lot of good teams in the West. By the way, if you're an experienced person and you want to take your boys or whomever to an NBA game and you want to head south, you can get Pacer tickets right now for $7. Yeah. $7. And Banker's Life is a beautiful facility. I I completely agree with you. Uh, Notre Dame hockey. 
Got a big win on the road last night. They beat Western Michigan by a count of 4-1. Alex Stevis with a pair of goals. The real star of the game, Caleb Morris. He had 40 saves for the Irish last night and was selected as their player of the game. So Jeff Jackson's team picked up three points over the weekend, tying Western Michigan here and then beating them up in Kalamazoo. And they'll get back into the Big Ten ranks uh, this weekend. Meanwhile, the Blackhawks playing a little bit better these days. They rallied from two goals down to beat Detroit last night by a count of 4-2. to two. Not saying that the Hawks will make the playoffs, but they're looking a little bit more like a contender right now. They are actually tied for last place in the Western Conference or tied for the last place in the Central Division, not the Conference. But they're only four points behind Winnipeg, who's sitting right there in kind of the middle of the division. So... Very competitive division the Hawks are in this year. So what are you working on this week, Chuck Freeby? We've got high school basketball coming up on Friday night on TV 46. We'll get our first look at Warsaw, Warsaw's boys, one of four area boys teams with only one loss. They're 8-1 and one heading into a game with Culver Academy tomorrow night. Then Friday night we'll see them in Northern Lakes Conference action as they take on Northridge, Northridge is 5-5, five and five, but that record a little bit deceiving. The Raiders have played eight of their first ten games on the road this year. Wow. Uh, so they'll be in the friendly confines of the Raider gym, and we'll see if that will help Scott Radiker's team on Friday night. There we go, Chuck Freebie. Now, let's get into pop culture. Can we? Yes. Um, Golden Globes last night. Mm-hmm. And my daughters wanted to watch, so I watched. I, I loathe award shows. Mm-hmm. I can't stand them. Um, Tom Hanks gave a wonderful speech, though, last night. He received the Cecil B. DeMille Lifetime Achievement Award. What was special about it? The point, first of all, Tom Hanks, as you would expect Tom Hanks to do, deflected from himself. He He didn't want any credit. He talked about this... First of all, he says, I'm in this room with all these people that you can refer to by one name. That's how big stars they are. And talked about the biggest thing that he wanted to get across. He says, you know, I'm, I'm asked all the time by young actors, how do you succeed? How do you do this? And he said, the number one thing that you can do to succeed at any job is show up on time. There is a saying in motion pictures back when um, it was shot on film that you could not move on to the next scene until the gate was good. The film went through the little, uh, uh, let me explain it to the kids at home. (laughs) The film went through a a shutter and it had to go through the gate and sometimes a piece of film would fall off a hair, a speck of dust would would be there on the negative and and the shot would be ruined because you couldn't save it in the lab. The gate had to be good before you could move on. Cecil B. DeMille himself up in that voice of God chair. Now, now check, all right, that's wonderful. Cut. Check the gate. He'd say something like that, and then they would check the gate. And if the gate was good, then you moved on. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm such a, it's, it's the cold that is making this happen. I swear to God, I'm not nearly this emotional at home. Well, uh, thank you, uh, HFPA. Thank you all here. Thank you all for all your inspiration and all of your work and all of, all of the struggle that you guys all go through in order to hit the marks and tell the truth. I have checked the gate. The gate is good. Thank you. It sounds simple. And you and I are in jobs where 
deadlines are everything. You have to show up on time. If you're not on time, you know. There's a problem. There's huge problem. Yeah. Um, not everybody is in that kind of job. However, you show up on time, then you've got the ability to make different things happen. I'll have to check that out. I love me some Tom Hanks. The thing that, and I was texting with a friend of mine during the show, and I will admit, as anybody who has listened to this podcast knows, I am no expert on pop culture. Mm -hmm. So I'm watching the Golden Globes last night, and I finally texted my friend. I said, are the shows on NBC, ABC, and CBS, are they exempt from these things? Because there were lots of TV, quote-unquote, TV shows. Mm Mm-hmm and TV series uh, that were receiving awards, and I didn't recognize any of them. That's because you are witnessing the the switch of streaming. The Netflix, the Amazon, the Disney, the what else? Hulu, whatever. Now, HBO. HBO. Uh, okay, I, re- I recognize HBO, and I know there's shows on HBO, and we don't get HBO, so I don't see it. Right. Um, but my gosh, I... It's like, so I said, are, are the networks just turning out garbage or? Yes. And apparently the answer is yes. Yes. They can't compete. And all the big stars are going to those outlets. Apple TV. We uh, rolled the dice on Amazon Prime for the holidays because yeah. you get a, a trial. We blew through Jack Ryan easily. Debbie loved it. I loved it. Now, the hard part is watching Jim Halpert as Jack Ryan. Such an iconic character yes. for him. And it's like you keep waiting for, you know, something blows up, and I'm waiting for him to look into the camera and go, oh, something blew up, you know. He's good, though. That Jack Ryan, that was a good show. And then the Miss Maisel show, which gets a lot of awards usually. Yeah, it was nominated quite a bit last yeah. night. I don't think it won any. I blew through the first season of that while on break, and, I mean, I get it. It's good. It's funny, and it's well put together. But it's, I mean, you don't see anything like that on regular channels anymore why not because those other ones can pay the money and um you know they can kind of they can kind of do whatever i mean it's the big noticeable thing is the language yeah not that that's gonna make or break a show but i mean there's it's no holds barred on these shows i was gonna say why couldn't you make some of these shows with language suitable for network television yeah i don't get it I kind of wish they, uh, my big beef is release one show a week. Get me back to that. I love that stuff. I love having something to look forward to. I like talking about the episode with a buddy. Not not all eight episodes at once. Because mm-hmm. I've, I've fallen victim to binging quite a bit. And, you know, boy, does that, that's a time suck. Yeah. You know, but I wish they'd get back to that. Uh, Apple TV did that. And I appreciate that about that service. Um, movies. I watched The Irishman Saturday. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that? I have. I saw it uh, the day Netflix pushed that bad boy out. Now, you know that that extremely violated a rule for me. <laughs> yeah. That was two Casablancas in one. Yes. Four yes, it was. hours. Well, three and a half. Three and a half hours. Felt like four. Eh, probably. It dragged. There's no question it dragged. I I thought it was a piece of garbage. I didn't think it was a piece of garbage. I, You've seen it before. It, that's the thing. That's the thing that bothered me about it is I've seen The Godfather. I've seen Goodfellas. Yeah. I mean, 
I thought Pacino as Hoffa was interesting. Um, De Niro's character was interesting. Joe Pesci is Joe Pesci. I mean... Yeah, you've seen it before, though. Yeah. It's almost like, hey, Scorsese, there's a lot of other actors that you could uh, poke and prod and, you know, display your craft. But it, it just felt like it's the same old thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Quentin Tarantino got a an award last night for uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Have you seen that one? Yeah, I didn't. I saw it the weekend it came out. I didn't. I didn't like. I'm it. I'm not a big fan of his anyway, and I certainly wasn't after his acceptance speech. Oh boy, I um, you know, I was talking about this with my son. Pulp Fiction was a game changer, and then the rest of them are kind of okay. But the, yeah, this one takes creative freedoms on the Charles Manson story, right? And a, did you need to do that? Did a movie need to be made about that? It's not. It was. It wasn't good, in my opinion. My yeah. buddy loved it. I. I could care less. And it broke your rule. A lot of movies today break my rule. It's really long, really long. I'm trying to think if we, we saw anything over holiday break at the movies. Uh oh, we went and saw Bombshell. Yeah. The uh, uh, Megan Kelly. I heard that was awful too. Yeah, I mean, I'm impressed with the makeup. She looked just like her, uh, Charlie's Theron. But yeah. yeah, the movie stunk. I heard Charlie's Theron trying to speak as low as Megan Kelly, though. It was almost like watching Elizabeth. Uh, what's her face from? Uh, yes, from uh, the the the, sh- the yes. Um, she's on trial this summer. Yes. Yeah. What is the name of that company, Chuck? Because you were so into oh, that. because she would talk like this. Yeah. And she wanted to wear all black like Steve Jobs. Right. Turtlenecks and such. Yeah, that's that's a Megyn Kelly thing. Uh, Charlie slows down her speech, speeds up real fast and slows down, but talks like this through most of the film. Okay. <laughs> John Lithgow in a fat suit. Hmm. Eh. Don't bother. Yeah. Don't bother. Well... I feel I feel good about being back. I know you're a, a tad bit under the weather. Now we're fighting through. Push it. through, Chuck Brady. Yes, we have to do what we have to do to entertain the the minions. Mm-hmm. If you haven't hit the subscribe button, I suggest you do so. That way, you'll never miss another one of these fascinating episodes. And let me just remind you: if you haven't done it already, Google the pictures of John Candelaria. <laughs> I actually thought you were going to yell "Stay off the bypass," but yeah, Google that too. <laughs> You just never know with Chuck. That's the beauty never of it. Know. You just don't know. Until next time, Yak fans. Ooga Luga, Virgil Trucks. He's a pirate. You've been listening to Sports Yak with Chuck Freeby and Corey Mann as himself. Produced by Corey Mann. Production elements and voiceovers by AudibleGenesis.com. Engineered by Phil Susan. Executive producer is Danae Hughes in partnership with the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Interested in your own podcast? Contact Danae at Danae at StudioDNA.media. Sports Yak archives available on iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker.com. Everybody get out of here! There's a lobster loose! Oh, holy cow, he's loose! Say goodbye. 
to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.